Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Tax Alliance. I'm Emilio Garcia and we're joined by a refugee from Melbourne. Evan Mahal. <laughs> How are you? Good, thanks. So, Evan, for the few people who have never seen a TV or are not involved in Australian politics at all and don't know who you are, who are you? Uh, my name is Evan Mulholland. I'm Director of Communications at the Institute of Public Affairs, mm-hmm. uh, Australia's oldest free market think tank, uh, now 77 years old. Uh, we fight for um, similar things to what the ATA does, mm-hmm. uh, free markets, uh, the rule of law, lower taxes, personal liberties, uh, individual freedoms, uh, and defending uh, the Australian way of life and uh, the foundations of Western civilization. Yeah, good. We're, we're, we're fans. Uh, so thank you for joining us. You're uh, basically going to do what Brian generally does, and we're just going to talk about uh, various different um, topics that have to do with kind of tax regulation waste within Australia. And uh, I think the first one we should discuss, considering that you recently left uh, Melbourne, I think your family did as well, yep. uh, is Melbourne. So things aren't really going very well over there, I think, is uh, an understatement. Uh, obviously, the economy is, I mean, in shatters, uh, yep. small businesses, yep. many of them will never come back. A few that will come back are going to have a really hard time. Uh, and now it turns out that Dan Andrews may have botched another aspect of uh, the, the the pandemic, the quarantine. So turns out people that are in hotel quarantine may have contracted hepatitis and HIV because he let people, like his the, the people he was overseeing, reuse needles. So yeah. um, just when just when you thought uh, the hotel quarantine fiasco couldn't, couldn't get, get any worse, worse. <laughs> uh, it did, and they they mm. seem to have uh, uh, accidentally. Uh, uh, infected people, or yeah. looks like they could have, so they've called for I think over two hundred people mm. to get tested. Yeah. Um, now, uh, what came out yesterday in the press conference is that, or I think the day before, is that they knew about this since August. Oh. These are people who quarantined in July, August, that they're now calling back to be tested. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, this program from start to finish has been an absolute failure, and. Um, uh, the inquiry seems to be uh, not picking up very much, or at mm. least guided guided by external factors in the media, whether coming out through the age yeah. that Brett Sutton actually did know about it on the 27th of March. She said he didn't recall that email, yet the records show that he replied to it. And it right. seems like the D- Department of Health and Human Services actually didn't submit the email or hid the email from the inquiry. Mm. Um, so he's been asked to provide an affidavit, so has many other people. But yeah. I think the Su- Brett Sutton thing is is really beside the point. Okay. Uh, Andrews has said he's ultimately accountable. Yeah. But it seems to be everyone around him that's uh, that have uh, fallen on their sword, whether it be his department secretary, Chris Eccles, yeah. his health minister, Jenny McCarkoff. Now it looks like Bambi eyes Brett Sutton is going to uh, take the fall for him right. as well. When are we going to see some accountability from Daniel Andrews? Well, that's a really good point. You know, I, I uh, obviously our premier here in New South Wales is not in the best political position of her life. But, you know, she did something that maybe, you know, was ill-informed, not very well thought through. Mm. And, I mean, the, the viciousness directed in her direction is just, I mean, unbelievable. Absolutely. I don't see the hashtag I stand with Gladys trending on Twitter every day. But seemingly the guy who... You know, has destroyed a state as all the other states in Australia start to recover. The guy who has destroyed like countless lives, countless small businesses, and now the guy who potentially is responsible for infecting over 200 people with HIV and hepatitis. We have to stand by him. He's actually done a really good job, considering. 
Only a state that describes themselves as the most, or Daniel Andrews describes Victoria as the most progressive state in Australia, can introduce some of the most draconian lockdown <laughs> yes. laws in the world. Well, we're uh, progressing some on the on the on the civil liberties of everyday mm. everyday people. Uh, mm. I mean, you've got uh, all sorts of uh, laws which infringe on the rule of law. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the general mood is one of depression in Victoria. Yeah, you've seen record numbers uh, call into Beyond Blue and services like that. People are really yeah. over it, and you've seen through the Roy Morgan polling mm. and the polling we did at the RPA. Uh, that it's flipped. More people than not uh, think the lockdown has gone too far. We had uh, almost 50% of people think the lockdown has gone too far. Mm. And it's funny you mentioned Gladys. We also did some polling, asked over a 1,000 Victorians whether they thought New South Wales had done a better job Mm. than Victoria at managing the pandemic. Almost 60% of people think that that's the case. Uh, There's some weird 16% that think that Victoria's done a better job than New South Wales. I I don't know who those people are. I don't think I've ever met those people. They must be the solid 16% of I stand with Dan people. But it's funny, there's never any I stand with Mark McGowan, I stand with Alice Palaszczuk, Mm. I stand with Stephen Marshall. There seems to be a cult around Daniel Andrews that he can just do no wrong. It's incredible. Where ultimately, he in his decisions, his government, someone in his government, yeah. has caused the greatest failure of public policy yeah. in Australian history. Yeah. Like it was quite clear from the Prime Minister down mm. through National Cabinet, through the meeting of, meetings of the Chief Health Officers, that there was to be a mixture of police, mm-hmm. ADF, and some private security. Yeah. Daniel Andrews even said that in his press conference, even said that in his, in his statement, yet somehow um, the cops didn't want to do it. They made that pretty clear. Yeah. But then somehow between Graham Ashton not wanting to do it, 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 it became a running thing that they were using private secu- security. Now, yeah. I've worked in government before. Mm. Things don't get uh, decided on a collective assumption. Mm, of course. A collective yeah. assumption doesn't mean you all of a sudden rip out a tender for $30 million and give it to a security company that isn't even on the preferred list of panellists. Of course. Um, So someone has made this decision, and if the government has spent millions of dollars on this inquiry and it doesn't find out who actually made the call, it will be the biggest waste of time we've ever seen. Yeah, but, like, does it even matter? My question is, okay, uh, there seems, like, to be a lot of uh, attention put on the fact that maybe this person made this call and made this decision and told this other person whatever. I mean, isn't the person at the head the person responsible for what happens? Like, if Dan wasn't aware that all this was happening, that these decisions were being made, if he didn't have oversight over this, he's ultimately responsible. I mean, there might be more blame to pass out, but ultimately he's responsible, no? Yeah, the Westminster system under which we operate means that ministers Mm. and ultimately the Premier, who are the elected government, they're elected by the people, Mm -hmm. they're ultimately accountable for the actions of their office, their own office, personal staff, and their departments. Mm. Now, um, we've had this culture in the Victorian public service over, you know, 30 years, um, where it's gotten so, so big that ultimately no one's responsible for anything and everyone's responsible for something. It's just ridiculous. Um, And Mm. because we've got a public service... Yep. that is heavily unionised, it prioritises um, uh, pay rises mm-hmm. and new hires and, and the growth of public service yep. over the actual effectiveness of um, the systems they use. For, you know, contract yeah, the reason is, they exist is half the failure of this yeah. Victorian outbreak, mm. the fact they couldn't take control over it. Mm-hmm. New South Wales having no such issues. You know, there's most days these days, mm-hmm. this week, 
New South Wales has had more cases um, these days, but ultimately no one cares because there is a grand bargain. Mm. The bargain that the people have faith in the government that they'll get on top of the cases and the government ultimately have faith in the people that they'll socially distance, they, they, they won't gather together in, in really tight numbers when they're sick, they won't go to work when they're sick yeah. and things like that. And also the New South Wales government, I think about six years ago, heavily invested in their IT systems. They got outside yes. business people to come in, I think under Don Perrottet, um, when he was finance minister, and upgrade all the systems. And I'll point to one example. You, obviously, mm. the contact tracking system is better, but of course. one example, um, uh, the New South Wales Wodonga Albury border required a permit system. Mm. Now, within 48 hours, they had that all streamlined, all computerized, huh. you could get it from the New South Wales Service New South Wales app. Yep. In order to get a worker's permit to go somewhere in Victoria, to yeah. go to work or do go outside your five kilometres, uh-huh. you've got to go to the website, print out a Word document, um, uh, you know, scan it to your boss so they can sign it and then, then scan it back. And then oh you God. print it out and you have the paper on you. Like It, it shows the difference between the, the public service systems we have in New South Wales and That's what we have in Victoria. See, I had no idea. That, that was the case, but um, it was only recently that that Dan Andrews actually like asked New South Wales for help with their contact tracing, right? So it, he didn't he wanted it to be a total disaster before saying, yeah, you know, maybe we should ask for some help. Uh, so clearly, labor is not looking very good. I mean, the the work they've done in Victoria, not very good. But now they seem to be pursuing a kind of odd um, approach because there's kind of rumor that there's going to be an election soon, a snap election, because you know the Liberals are in a really good place. And so it seems that Labour is now opposing the tax cuts that the Liberals have put into place. That doesn't seem like very sound uh, messaging during an economic recovery. What, what do you think of this? Yeah, so um, the stage three tax cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very disappointed they didn't bring those forward. But the government still seems to be selling them as part of its post-budget sell. So the, this, uh, yes, it's good that they brought forward the other tax cuts, mm-hmm. but... The real reform lies at stage three. Getting everyone on that thirty percent tax rate. Yes, it's flat tax rate. It's actually real tax reform. Correct. Um, and what I think went wrong for Labor at the last election mm. in so heavily opposing it, they listened to you know the university sector, the left wing think tanks. They used this top end of town rhetoric mm. to yes. say that everyone over you know one hundred twenty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand was somehow the top end of town. Mm. When you had workers that would work, you know, fly in, fly out workers, yeah. that would earn over 200,000. Bill Shorten, you know, was a famous confrontation in the election where he said, well, we'll look at it uh, for workers over 200,000. But I think there is, it highlights, I think, how aspirational the Australian people are. Mm. Because you might be on, you know, someone that, that might be on $80,000 salary. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the stage three or stage two tax cuts don't really affect them. Right. But... They see themselves by 2024 Correct. as being on that yeah, salary. Yeah. So it actually is good for everyone. Sure. And the idea uh, that Labor are still using this idea that uh, tax cuts are somehow handouts or yeah. giveaways. Now, only, only the Labor Party or the Australian left can, can be so uh, obsessed with the idea that uh, of government and the role of government mm. that... Um, giving people back their own money yeah. is somehow a giveaway or a handout. Not even it giving is, it back, it's letting them keep it, right? Letting them keep yeah. more of their own money. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting because, you know, 
Labor seems to be the party. I mean, it's it's in the name, right? It's for, for the for the people that work for the workers. Now, in Australia, one of the things that I was very surprised to learn as I came here from America was that someone who is a plumber, someone who's an electrician, someone who works in construction can be making over $100,000 a year. Unheard of back where I'm from, certainly not in Mexico, yeah. uh, where I'm also from. So does labor really want to be attacking people who are above that threshold, even though they're also laborers? It seems like they've kind of lost the thread of what they're supposed to do. I, I know they use the word uh, gender in their... Um, in the lead up to the last election, more than they used the word workers. Yeah. So they, I mean, they what, did. What's happening? They're, 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 I think they're no longer the party of workers. You've seen no. that across Queensland, where you know they, they couldn't answer the cost of their own climate policy. Mm. They were seen to be anti-worker in Queensland. They actually yeah. got one in every four people voting for them in the whole state of Queensland at wow. a federal level. That is unheard of for a major political party. Mm. Uh, but this is the party that we've become. And one thing that the IPA was spoken about quite a bit is this idea of the new heartland for the coalition, which is happening across the Western world, whether yeah. it's Brexit or whether Trump, in that um, the coalition's new base is outer suburbs mm -hmm. and regional wor workers yeah. um, tend to be uneducated, mm -hmm. non-tertiary educated, mm -hmm. um, and tend to be uh, from you know the outer suburbs and, and regional areas, and they're winning over seats that um, would be considered Labour heartland. Yeah. Um, you know, if we were talking 10 years ago uh, or 15 years ago, you know, your, your main liberal seats are places like Warringah, Wentworth, Kuyong, yep. mm -hmm. Higgins. I think slowly you're going to see that the, the Liberal Party um, will have to lose interest in some of those seats because they're, mm. they're taken over by the elite, this yeah. affluent uh, class that, you know, tend to swing green mm. rather than liberal. But right. we're winning all these seats... Uh, well, the coalition is winning all these seats and, and winning over people in these seats that have been abandoned yeah. by Labor's attraction to chase the green vote. Yes. Um, and so the safest seat in Victoria was always Kuyong, mm. um, which is Josh Frydenberg's yep. seat. Jewel and Liberal Crown is Kuyong. Uh, it's not anymore. It's really? Aston. Aston mm. is an outer suburbs, uh, outer east seat mostly made up of, of working class people. Yeah. Um, so I think that it, it shows the kind of dynamics that I mean, we're going through in the political realm. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's definitely a good pivot for uh, anyone who's kind of like the right of centre to the right to, to, to start to appeal more to workers. Mm. And, uh, you know, le left-wingers, if they want to lose uh, the working man and, you know, appeal to 10% of Twitter users, then that's... Uh, that's a decision they'll have to make, but uh, we've run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. To anyone uh, watching at home, if you haven't subscribed already, please do so on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get the video version on YouTube and Facebook. And if you haven't become a member already, please become a member. You can do that on our website, taxpayers.org.au. This has been Tax and Wasted by the Australian Tax Design. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.